Hello, you beautiful human. This week and next, we will be taking a little bit of a break as Gary moves his beautiful self back home and I enjoy a wonderful vacation. So, what does that mean? Well, that means that we're going to drop some episodes from Season 1 to celebrate Pride Month. Please sit back and relax to one of our original shows, those Women of Stonewall. Now this one, you're going to hear some background music that was played just ever so slightly as we were talking. We learned later, not a great idea. I also went ahead and took out our Queer Corner subject to make this episode a little bit shorter as the original one in season one was an hour and a half long. Now, the Queer Corner was delightful, but I wanted to spare you all this wonderful little tidbit and you can check that out in season one. So please sit back and relax and enjoy this episode of Women of Stonewall. And we will be back in your ear as soon as possible. Hey, Gary. Yes? Hey, do you want to do a podcast with me where we explore core topics? Oh, fuck yeah! Yes! Hey, and let's call it Queer Nundrum. Oh my god, yes! Awesome! Please listen carefully. Hey, Gary. Yes? Hey, do you want to do a podcast with me where we explore core topics? Oh, fuck yeah! Yes! Hey, and let's call it Queer Nundrum. Oh my god, yes! Awesome! Please listen carefully. Hello, and welcome to our show, Queer Nundrum, where we strive to bring the queer community together, the LBGTQAI+, by giving you guys a voice and a platform. So that's who we are. That's what we do. I'm your host, Holly Ray Greystone. And I'm your other fabulous host, Gary M. Thorne Jr. Thank you so much for letting us entertain your ears and thank you so much for liking and subscribing to our show it does help tremendously we just hit a new milestone by the time you listen to this episode if you are following our social media accounts you will have already know this but we had one of our episodes reach its first milestone of 100 downloads so hell yeah that's so cool so cool that gary had to call me in the middle of a project and I am quite literally up to my wrist in paint. Yeah, I didn't cannot see the skin of my hands at all. I should have wore gloves. I was covered in paint and he's calling me and I can't, I'm not going to touch my technology when I'm covered in paint, but it was important to Gary to, to tell me about what you all did for us. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you guys. If this is your first time catching our show, please please like and subscribe. It doesn't hurt you, but it does help our community because it gets our podcast in front of more people who we can interact with and continue to grow 
our community by creating a place that is safe, uh, creating dignity and respect for our community. But before we go into our I do want to also say that also, please, please rate and review us. Yes, this does help potential sponsors engage And it just helps get our, talk about getting your word out for the queer community. It really does. The more, the the farther we get up then, basically what's going on. This is true. It basically, what Gary's alluding to here is algorithms. We utilize out the algorithms that are, that basically run our social medias and podcasts and everything like that. It basically tells the algorithm, good old Al, hey, queer community, here's something that you might like that will make you happy. And that's what we strive for. So by liking, subscribing, rating, and reviewing, that is exactly what we tell the good old Al. So you doing that helps us tremendously. Thank you so much. If you're listening to this and you're interested in sponsoring our shows or having an ad run in our show, email us at cornundrum at cornundrum.com. That is a queer nun, the drum on the end, at cornundrum.com. So cornundrum at cornundrum.com. You're welcome. I have a piece of art I might just throw up on our social media that I made one night. It was fun. You're welcome. I'll drop it this Saturday for you guys. But before all of the goodness that we're about to get into for our show, Gary, hey, you have a big thing happening this Tuesday. Uh, yes. Yeah, so it's, it is tomorrow in our time. For your time, it'll already have happened by the time you get this. But I go in for my weight loss surgery tomorrow morning. And Ooh. I... It was, we were getting it all planned. We're just, because nothing in where we live in Gunnison, which is a beautiful little town, Mm -hmm. but nothing is close by. We're kind of in the middle of nowhere, all right? The nearest bigger city, which is about the size of Pullman, the next one for us, it's a bigger city. Oh my gosh, that's right. You um, are smaller than Pullman. So Pullman is like 35,000 to 40,000 people. And the place that we could go to that's a, little bit bigger than it's it's like in the it's right at the 35 40,000 mark okay but um that's an hour and a half away basically yeah. where and so there so there's not a lot there I mean there's stuff there but so we have to where my surgery is is in Grand Junction which is three hours away so my surgery was scheduled for 10 o'clock tomorrow morning so I had to be, and Gene and I both had to be in Grand Junction because he's my support person for this. Right. <laughs> We've be, established yeah. support person. This yeah, not you. It's, not me, It's but Dean. your actual husband. Okay, yeah. fine. Um, we were, so we had, to, we had to leave here by five in the morning because we had to be there by eight to give them two hours for all the prep shit and get me in all that kind of stuff. Sure. So, okay. So then I got a call today, not asking me, telling me (laughs) that my surgery had been moved to 8 a.m., which means that Dean and I are getting a place to stay tonight in Grand Junction because there's no way in hell we're going to start on the road at three in the morning. Yeah, that (laughs) is presumptuous language. They, by, by doing that, you don't even get a chance to be like, eh, no, I don't want to be there that early. You're like... Well, by the way they told me, that means we go now. <laughs> well, see, the thing about it was, Dean and I were going, okay, because of 
uh, all the stuff that has gone on a little bit in the past, which I've never talked about here and probably won't at this point. Fair. There's a little bit of financial issues going on. And so I thought, well, you know, this is no big deal. So we'll leave, you know, we'll leave at five in the morning for the surgery. So no big deal. We'll save a little money. Only Dean has to stay in, in a motel room one night. That's fine. No, okay. So we can do this. It makes life better. And so then, of course, me saying that jinxed the whole process. I should have known that's the word. So, yeah. so now we, and so then all of a sudden it was like getting a hold of the dog and cat sitter, making sure that I also go, okay, wait, do I have all my medicines? Because the medicines I have to have before surgery and after surgery that I just got from them with copays, mind you, cost me 50 bucks. Okay. Which, I mean, it was like, Jesus, for honestly, that's a lot for the amount I got. And I'm like going, and so then I had to make sure, okay, some of these I have to take a day before, some of them have to take right with in an hour. Some Their of them have change to take, of your schedule drastically yeah. changes your schedule. And so then the other thing, because I don't want to have to, because you know me, I, mm-hmm. I, I worry about, there's things I, stupid shit I worry about. And so I'd already gotten this big container of apple juice because they want me to drink some apple juice right before I was leaving right. for the hospital. They want to you get to be hydrated and to have yeah. your carbs up. And, and yeah. so I thought, okay, I'm get this. I, I don't really like apple juice. I'm not a big fan of juices overall. But so I got some apple juice because I thought, okay, a big thing, apple juice. Right, well, Dean loves apple juice. So after I have my, my 20 ounces of apple juice I need, then Dean can drink the rest of it and he'll just be a happy camper. So all of a sudden now I got to take lug this big jug of apple juice with to Grand Junction <laughs> to get the fucking 20 ounces <laughs> of apple juice I need for tomorrow morning. Right. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. <laughs> and so, so I needed antibacterial soap. So I had to go buy antibacterial soap. That's right. Because you got to wash your belly button before. And I, yeah. Yes. In particular, my belly button. But they want me to, to shower tonight and then again in the morning with this antibacterial soap. And not wear deodorant. That's really going to bother me. But yeah. So. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, so I have to do all that. So I had to make sure I had that, and I have to bring my. I uh, had to make sure to get my CPAP machine. All of a sudden, because I wasn't when I was you in Rogers. You were prepared, but I now this change. I was prepared for one day thing. But and now, now like, there's oh, a two-day thing. I got to get this and this and this along with it. If, so. if anybody who's <laughs> listening to this as a parent will understand this even more so. It's like, <laughs> this is what I feel like, or even like a pet owner. It's like, hey, we're going to go do this thing. We're going to go see our parents. We're going to go wherever. I don't know. You're going to travel and you have a set amount of days. You've counted out your vitamins, counted out your prescription. You have it all prepped and organized. And you literally have less than 12 hours and you got to change the entire thing and add more or take something away in order to pack it and go. Well, and then of course we have our podcast that we're doing it tonight. And that's like, right. like I text you. Because I couldn't get a hold of you, but whatever. I don't know <laughs> what the deal was with that because I had my phone on and the, and because like sometimes when I'm busy with a client or something, I, I will put it on do not disturb. I had that turned off so that I wouldn't have calls come in and people did yeah. call me. I was able to take those calls. I don't know. I have whatever. No, I didn't <laughs> silence you because I was physically able to get to my phone without it being painted or covered. Although I can't say the same thing to my hair, which I'll get into in just a moment. 
Dean um, is in charge of a meeting. He's in charge of meetings on Monday night. So okay, all this stuff is going on. Oh, no big deal. You know, we're not going to sleep yeah, much tonight time. anyway. Well, you fine. Got time. No, no, you don't worry about it. It's fine. It's, it's fine. It's like, As like somebody <laughs> from a medical facility says, "Hey, by the way, you're here at eight now, and you don't have a choice." Well, no, and I my surgery is at eight, so I have to be there by six now. Six. So that makes it. And right. so, you know, in customer service world, it's you call them up and say. Okay, so we have this new appointment time. Right. Could you make or, it by then? Or they say something along the lines of like, hey, we have an emergency surgery that is being yeah. prepped for first thing in the morning. Yeah. We're going to roll right into this. We really need you to be here. There's there, It doesn't change what you have to do, but at least there's a little more of like, okay, there's a why. There's a good why. I will, I'm down for that. And keep in mind, they know I live in Gunnison. It's in part of all my records. Yeah, but here's the thing. You're assuming they actually read that shit. <laughs> oh, they had to because it's all right there. It says no, you, you're assuming they yes, scheduling had had to have read that and know that you are X number of hours away. And I, I have worked in the medical field for a number of years, and I can tell you, I don't always look at the address to know, yes, they can make it here. When I became a scheduler and I had to schedule my doctors back to back and like make sure like it was maximizing the schedule, I did pay close attention to that. It was like, mm, this person I know is like five minutes away. I could get them in right now. This person's 30 minutes away. Mm, probably not going to get them in right now unless they're literally around the corner. So that was my, that, that's been my majority. All of a sudden just rethinking everything mm. and getting that all ready. And, I mean, and of course I'm excited a little nervous sure about the whole process now and you seem um, super hopeful though you seem like you're oh, good spirits yeah. well if you would have read my if you read my blog you would know exactly now, how I feel about okay it. you want to throw some shade at me i had been up since five o'clock in the morning <laughs> super stressed out because i'm sorry before i get into my little thing here are you done I didn't want to interrupt you because I could get on my oh, tangent too. Like you don't anyway, but whatever. You know? <laughs> I am trying to be better. <laughs> oh, well, I'm thinking about it. Please. We have a new listener, Rob Thomas, who is one of Ooh. Dean's former students. Okay. And I want to Hello, thank you, Rob. Rob, for listening. He's really, he loved the story. Do you remember in the previous, one of the previous episodes where we talked about your Christmas sweatshirt? And the dog pee. Uh, yes. He made a point on my Facebook page uh, to say how funny that was. So oh he's my really enjoying this. So. I, you know what? Just for you, I when I get home in about two weeks, I will find that sweater and I will take a picture of it and I will figure out how to tag you in that sweater. That just awful sweater that I love so much. Okay. Oh yeah, no. And he just, he thought that was, I mean, he singled that out. So I thought you'd appreciate that. I so. appreciate that. Cause here's the thing. I understand that our show is not for everyone. And even though we target like our community, there's some things I will say or things that Gary will say. that will be like, Oh my gosh, what? And then there'll be other things that people will love. So I appreciate that someone else also loves <laughs> my ugly sweatshirt for Christmas. I will share that with you, my friend. Thank you so much for joining our show. I appreciate it. No, that's and again, we have a we have a fairly huge quote unquote straight audience, which I'm uh, which you know what? I'm Here's loving, the thing. But... We will never accomplish anything in terms of civil rights or just general dignity of the human species 
if people across the aisle, air quotes around here, because I don't know if he really qualifies that, but for example, Black Lives Matter, the, the rights of people of color will not come to flourishing if non-people of color stand up and do something about it. That means our people who are white or identify as white need to be a part of that conversation, be a part of those votes, be a part of those policies, be a part of the support structure. And the same thing is true of the LBGTQ community. We're not going to get anything past legislation if we don't have our fellow human beings who identify as homosexual individuals. So the fact that our audience happens to also be beautiful homosexual individuals is phenomenal because I really want you guys to be a part of that conversation. I want you to help. I want to help you understand the language and the culture of who we are as your fellow human beings so that you can strive to treat those individuals with dignity and respect and vice versa. Those individuals treating you with the dignity and respect. If I can help, if anything at the end of the day, help those conversations happen. I know that we have achieved something with our podcast. I love it. Thank you so much. We are also going to have, because of our social media, we have questions that we'll be answering at the end of our show here in our core corner. So stay in uh, through the end of our episode so you can hear some of those questions that were asked. And we're going to be bringing on one of our first hosts, our first guests. Yes. And it will, sorry, we are the host. Yeah, Brandon, you're not hosting this show. We're not bringing you're it guesting. up. Although, who knows? <laughs> we might just retire Gary out of this. No, just kidding. But it, it'll, it's a surprise, but we're looking... Because of social media, we are we're very likely going to have our first guest on our show here soon. So check us out it on our social be media next week. It should be next week, yes, for sure. But my point is, do do follow us on our social media because that's where we engage you all in the middle of the week and where we glean topics for our podcast. Which is yeah, I know we talk about this all at the end, but also if you're on Twitter, find us on. Quernundrum one. Quernundrum one. We could not get Quernundrum podcast, unfortunately. And there is a non-business entity that does have a Quernundrum as as their name. It's not a very active account, if I recall correctly, when I engaged it at the time. But I have trademarked this name. This name is also LLC. I have also trademarked the logo for Quernundrum. So we are a proprietary brand. What? Ninja signs. Ha, 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 ha. You're welcome. All right. So, we should let you talk about yeah. what's going on with your weeks. <laughs> so you're like, hey, you haven't read my blog. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. I had presumptuous language by the flooring company. I have a flooring company who called me on Thursday of last week and said, hey, we want to come tomorrow to do floors. Is that cool? Called me on the phone. I tell them no, because I'm painting. And that was it. I just left it. It's like, no, because I'm painting, but thank you. That told that individual like, yeah, okay, that's cool. We will just keep our regular schedule because they know that painting and brand new carpets do not mix. However, I have two different floor orders. I have a carpet order and I have a vinyl floating floor going in uh-huh. the kitchen laundry room area. That particular order did not call me, did not inform me until Sunday morning and said, Hey, 
we're going to be there on Monday at 8, 8 a.m. Do like, you want to name them? I don't. I don't want to name Okay, them. just checking. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just, it actually worked out. But here's the thing. That still doesn't work out for me because they were going to put in the kitchen floors, essentially. My cabinets were delayed because natural disasters, which are becoming an everyday occurrence, had delayed shipment. So it's come, it is coming today. So they will not be installed if they had come this morning at 8 a.m. So they can't put a, you cannot put a floating, you cannot put cabinets on top of a floor that literally moves because your cabinets should not move. If your cabinets are moving, you better be on a boathouse or an RV and it is just flexing with the structure. Otherwise, if you're in a building on land, it should not be moving. So you, so they can't, they can't put the floors in. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So wait, after all your painting and stuff like that, they can't do them anyway. I called them, their presumptuous <laughs> language, and I, I called them and I said, hey, I got this message on a Sunday. You're not open Saturday and Sunday. So I can't call you to tell you how bad this is, how bad of an idea this is. Here's why. You can't put cabinets on a floating floor because it will void out the warranty and the cabinets won't be installed properly. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, that is bad. I was like, I know, I'm telling you, this is bad. So they called the, con the company they contracted through and they called me and they're like, hey, we understand there's a thing. And I'm like, yeah, there's a thing. You assume that you can just install, you can move the schedule up two days and do this. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. We'll change it back to Wednesday. We are very sorry. We'll see you on Wednesday. And I was like, perfect. The company is myflooring.com. And I will tell you this. I have had six conversations with them from ordering to scheduling, all that. And they have been the most professional, loving, caring, and respectful human beings that I've had to deal with on a project that I don't actually get to physically see and meet these individuals. And yes, there was a slight scheduling thing, but they took care of it and I was greatly appreciated. So myflooring.com has delivered and they, the pricings are pretty reasonable. It actually was more cost effective to have them do it than me order the materials to stretch out the carpet properly and tack it in and all that. So uh, cost per, it was cost, cost effective. Yeah. You, my friend, Gary and Thornton Jr. called me and were, or at least tried to call me. And then you texted me and then you sent me a blog. Mind you, I had drywall mud crusted into the hair follicles of my head. So I was showering and did not have time to read your blog, but I will be reading your blog and updating it to our website and adding the SEO and meta tags and all the beautiful things that need to go into our website. I apologize to anyone who has seen our website <laughs> since then, because I have not taken the time to dive into the whole thing of websites. Let me just tell you this. It is easy to do when you know how to do it, which I do, because i that's what I do at ccsempowerment.com. We build websites and we teach people how to do it. However, that is what I mainly do is I teach people how to do their website. I don't spend time on my own website. I'm working on it. It will happen. I'm uploading our, our episodes to it and our blogs to it and all that cool stuff. But I'm also studying for a project management certification. So soon, so soon Shar can 
listen to our podcast from the web. From the website. From our website. Yep. Which will be good. It'll be good. But I'm also, I DM a D&D session. I play D&D. You know, I read books. I have a wife. So, hey, I will get to the website. I love you guys. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and and even more importantly than all the shenanigans that we've just spent the last 15 minutes on, happy belated St. Patty's Day to all the fellow Irish folk out there. I hope you had a, a, a wonderful lucky Irish day and that you nobody pinched you and if they did pinch you they better have kissed you on the cheek but it's COVID so which cheek dealer's choice okay (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so up until just recently I was always told by my family that I was part Irish that there was some Irish blood in did they lie to you so and up until recently I had you know that um the Whichever one it is, I, I did one of the tests. Ancestry, yeah. So, um, it showed I had some. I had some Irish blood in me. It kept going down. Now there's no. I have no Irish blood in me at all. What? I'm how, Scottish. How, how, did, how did? Wait. How did you mean it goes down? Genetics it, don't change. Either you as are they got or you're more, not. Oh, calm, calm, calm down. It just it meant that <laughs> as they got more information, they realized. I have Scottish ancestry, but I don't have any Irish ancestry. So I lost all my Irish ancestry. So I no, can't use that. You didn't lose it. That is, it implies that you had it. You're saying that scientifically, as the data accumulated, the hypothesis was proven incorrect. You do not, in fact, have Irish ancestry. I know. So all these years, I was told I was Irish, that I had Irish in me, and I don't have any. I want you guys to know right now, I called it. How? For what? You're not Irish. I get along with everyone that has some sort of Irish. I'm just totally fucking with you guys. Oh, and bite me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this has been a great podcast, folks. Thank you so much for listening to our show. (laughs) I, I, I did the ancestry thing as well. I am Irish. In fact, so my mom told me, like, okay, we're a quarter this, we're a quarter that, we're this, that. And we got, I got the, the results back, and it was pretty spot on. I was like, good job for word of mouth in the family, because we know if you ever play the, the game phone, that doesn't always work out. But th- it, this actually turned out. So Scottish, cool. Irish, Cornish, Welsh, Danish, French. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> so definitely got that Irish in there. I mean, the, my maiden name was very Irish. Now, not very irish it's more of a european ish now but i remember dean when he saw my stuff from ancestry he goes you're one of the widest people i've ever met because <laughs> <laughs> i don't even have i have nothing from france i am literally there's some scottish english sweden <laughs> that is very yes <laughs> very white and, and rightly so equatorially speaking there's yeah. no reason why people from that region should have developed enough melatonin in their skin to have any color in their skin it yeah. just is a bio it just biologically makes sense if you don't already know this our skin pigment is denoted by the fact of our relationship to the equator on our planet the melatonin in our skin, the color, my name, protects us from the sun. It's a defense mechanism. It is a biological awesomeness. 
and should be celebrated. The fact that we can even do that as a species is awesome. Anyway, <laughs> I could go on a tangent on so many things with that one, but we should really jump into Yeah, let's move into our actual our I'm show. enjoying this, so we could just say, I, right, we could just show, do a whole entire show on our like <laughs> chicanery right here, but let's let's not. So our on our chicanery? Chicanery. Oh, I thought you said shit cannery. No, shit cannery. Shit cannery? Shit cannery. If you listen to the McElroy uh, <laughs> Adventure Zone, Adventure Zone Put the drink uh, down. podcast, right? I should. It's all whiskey <laughs> on ice. Uh, they talk about shit canneries too. So, anyway, moving on. Our, our conundrum is the women of Stonewall. So, and really, but I think what we wanted to say with this is, it's the women of Stonewall, and if, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sorry, mm, please. But it's the women of Stonewall, and why has it taken so long for them to be recognized fully, especially in the documentaries and mainstream yeah. films? And this, yes, very, very important denotion there. So, let's first of all, let's just talk about like just a very brief highlight of what what Stonewall. What are we referring to when we talk about Stonewall? And, and we'll get more in depth on Stonewall in general in, in future episodes, but just to kind of highlight on what it is. Stonewall, also known as the Stonewall Riots or the Stonewall Uprising, um, it was a series of demonstrations by members of our community, the LBGTQ community, in response to police raiding establishments because because they were gay, because there's they had gay people there. And it's like, oh, Stonewall, uh, Stonewall Inn was an establishment in New York that was owned, largely owned by the mafia. Can I tell you that the, actually, the name of the yeah, family that owned it was it. Genevieve's crime family. There you go. Now, why is that? Why did why was it a gay bar? Why is that association? Well, largely because people who were, belonged to the LBGT community were considered criminals. And so, what happens when you start putting people into a group? They start to work, end up building relationships and working together. And it was a one of the few places that were safe for people to come together. Uh, so that that was kind of like a general highlight there. This particular series of events started in June 28 of 69. <laughs> 69. Sorry, mature individual here. Not, so, actually, it's weird. Not too long after my brother was born. My brother was born June, uh, June 2nd, 1969. Hi, David. <laughs> sorry, no, sorry. Anyway, moving on. So we have these, we have these establishments. We have police, largely white hetero individuals committing. A lot of the bullshit we're even seeing today against black bodies was also occurring with our LBGTQ community. They were wrongfully arresting people, convicting them, charging them with crimes, blah, 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 blah. So they show up. They're like, hey, we're going to cause some shit. We're going to arrest people. They arrest this this individual named Stormy. Remind me of their last name? Delavari. Delavari. So we'll get into Stormy. They're one of the individuals that we're we'll getting into, but basically Stormy's being arrested and thrown into the back of a police vehicle. And can I back up just a little bit? Yeah. I think we just need to make sure to understand that the, the Stonewall Inn, which it was, really did cater to the um, fringe of the queer community at the time. Yes. The, 
that you know that the, the, the trans transgender the trans yep well i remember transgendered wasn't even transgender a word was yes that's true so historically speaking transvestite yeah. was the word and terminology used What's just that? a man dressing as a woman could get themselves arrested yes so even if they were uh, a heterosexual individual who dresses a man yeah. dresses a woman excuse me drag got a lot of the abuse on that end as well if they weren't performing i should they, i should, I should yeah. say that. yeah yeah um okay sorry holly no you're you're totally fine i this is part of our dichotomy we go back and I know. we share the combo it's all good it's all good <laughs> anyway so i mean that's a it was like a flyby like here's stonewall in a nutshell so this individual's being arrested and thrown into a vehicle and this is a series there were a series of events that led up to this, like other abusive behavior by the police. But this was like the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. And so this this thing's happening. And there are individuals that regularly visit this establishment. They're like, fuck this shit. Someone throws a brick. Someone drops a brick on a car. There's all this stuff that starts to happen. And the, and the citizens that... Can, can I say, sorry, the, the dropping of the brick on a police car was the next night. Oh, it was the next night. Uh, yeah, the, I'm sorry. I just wanted to make sure we're not. You're fine. But the, the first night there was a throwing of the brick um, that's like yeah. denoted as like, well, this is. And what it's more and more as it's it's gone along, it started with Stormy. Stormy was the one who yeah. just finally said, fuck it. I, I refuse to leave. I'm yeah. doing nothing wrong. And you are taking me out of this place because Stormy is she is a butch lesbian. And so she was dressed, she was dressed as a male. And she was like, fuck it, I'm not, I'm not leaving here. I and I know you want to I just want to say it. I know we're gonna no, order. Can, no, actually she just take to, it. Just start okay. with start with Stormy and then we'll roll so, into the, the next. All right. So this this butch lesbian was being drug out by four, count them, four police officers. That's not excessive by any means. But she got away from them four times and they had to drag her out every single time. Four times it took them to get her out. Damn. I would like to have have them on my rugby team. He tried to tackle me. <laughs> well, you know, just besides, and this is getting, but she literally until the age of 85 was a bouncer. Oh my gosh. I believe that. Yeah. I'm sorry, it says, in, I'm sorry, in the 80s and 90s, she worked as a bouncer for several lesbian bars in New York City. But what... I, hold on, time out. If yeah. Stormy, the, who's yeah. like the I, one of the icons of Stonewall, is yeah. a bouncer yeah. at an establishment that you were visiting, you better straight up respect. There is no, like, I'm sorry. You just can't be a dumb. First of all, don't be a dumbass to your elders, but also don't be a dumbass to fellow human beings. Thirdly, don't be a dumbass to an icon that uh, that contributed to our history of civil rights. Just saying, like, don't fuck with that person. Well, Go and actually that, that's a perfect way to lead into the fact that most of us don't even know who she is. I didn't know a lot about her. Mm -hmm. I heard the name. But there's not a lot in the mainstream media. There's not a lot. I mean, we have movies that are around Caucasian man who led the Stonewall riot fights and put these people down to very secondary mm -hmm. characters. Stormy 
was a biracial butch lesbian. Mm -hmm. Then we have Marsha P. Johnson, who was a black transvestite. And then we have your... Mm -hmm. Um, the two that I, I don't want to I'm, I don't want to say the names wrong. No, I will. I have. Um, we'll get into it. Uh, oh, Sylvia Sazu Rivera and, more... and Jackie Hermona. Um, All we have... are people of color, and yeah, that's all I wanted to say. I won't get right. more into. Yeah. And so, we have this, we have this history in our country, in the world, really, of lessening people of color and women in general. So even in our area, especially we're talking in the late 60s, a group of people that are being oppressed, that they can be arrested just for being queer. They still marginalize the efforts of these women. Yes. And I and, and I do want to, I'm sorry, I just want to, oh, yeah, I, no. I want to retcon here a little bit. Jackie yeah. uh, does not, is not a person of color. Uh, Sylvia. Oh, that's Rivera. fine. I'm sorry. I got. That's fine. Yeah, we got carried <laughs> in the conversation. Sylvia Rivera, <laughs> who's often mentioned in this conversation, as Stonewall is. We'll get into to their story here in a little bit, but a person of color. But Jackie um, was not was not a person of of color. Very very much not. But we'll get into that in but, a little bit. Yeah. But I just wanted to make sure yeah. for those who are listening, that was a a whoopsie. Please go on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sorry, I, I was I got way off on my right. Soapbox, we got so, so excited about this conversation. Got, <gasps> History. <gasps> All right, go on. All right. What is really cool about Stormy is that this first of all, I love the fact that until I read more, I honestly didn't know Stormy was female. I I, I assumed it was another uh, another transvestite. So I love to find this out that she's this strong person. Uh she worked as the MC. She was a bouncer. She was a bodyguard. She was a singer. She actually patrolled. Really? The, yeah, she patrolled the village as one of the guardians of the lesbians. Oh my gosh. Like our angels at Pride. Oh, exactly. I love it. Yeah. Oh, I love it so much. She, again, so talking, she was uh, biracial. Her father was white. Her mother was African American, who worked for who worked for the the family was a servant who worked for the family and she actually never knew when she was born she never actually got an actual date of birth so she always just celebrated her birthday on december 24th which wow okay for me i am sure there's some reason she did that some great reason but to me it would have been well hell pick the other side of the year (laughs) so and again, the whole the sad story about being bullied and harassed her, sure. in, you know, her school years hey, and shit. You're I, different, so let's be. Yeah, every every one of us who is queer or even just different has experienced that throughout our lives. So that's nothing. Sadly, nothing new. And it's but anyway, that's. I love this. It talks about that she was part from 1955 to 69. Uh-huh. Stormy toured the black uh, theater circuit as the MC. And only drag queen of the drag queen king, sorry, as the MC and only drag king of the Jewel Box Review, North America's first racially integrated drag review. Okay. She was at the Apollo Theater in Harlem. So we're talking a place that one of my idols, Billie Holiday, sang at. Okay. She was there. And speaking of which, her inspirations were not. Dinah Washington and Billie Holiday, both of whom she knew in person. So we're talking about this. 
this woman who could kick ass, obviously, she was a bouncer, and then she performed at the Apollo. She was a baritone, performed at the Apollo, was an MC, and still had time and wanted to do all this stuff to help her community. She said, and then I'm almost done with my part on this one. Uh, no, you're good, you're good. She said that she was asked why she did all this stuff. And she said, because when I was a kid, people helped me out. If it hadn't been for those people helping me out, right. I wouldn't be where I am. Right. So she's doing a true pay it forward. Right. Thank um, you. She And again, as stereotyping here, I know, but as a lesbian, she got shit done. <laughs> Which is, she, if my Twitter... Was, is get shit done with Holly Ray. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right, yeah. So, and she literally, she was of this group of, of people we're talking about, was the only one who was an activist before Stonewall. She was the only one that actually did things that, you know, to help to help gaze out before Stonewall. She had was doing helping with the homeless, guarding the district, all the stuff she was doing before Stonewall. Yeah, a all real the people, fighter, um, literally yeah. and figuratively. Yes, I just have to read about her obituary, then we'll move to the next one. I know we want to keep all these short. Her, her obituary said she died at 85 years old, I want to say in 1992, I believe. So tall, androgynous, and armed, she held a state gun permit. Ms. DeLavori roamed lower 7th and 8th avenues and points between into her 80s, patrolling the sidewalks and checking in at lesbian bars. She was on the lookout for what she called ugliness, any form of intolerance, bullying, or abuse of her baby girls. Aww. She literally walked the streets of downtown Manhattan like a gay superhero. Her. She was not to be messed with by any stretch of the imagination. That was the obituary that was done in the New York Times. Wow. Just, um, wow. She was involved every, every gay movement from before Stonewall up until her death. She was part of the National LGBTQ Wall of Honor. She was part of the part of the wall that has the 50th anniversary of Stonewall Riot. She's one of the pictures of that on it. She is one of the people that is recognized throughout, mainly sadly, in the New York area with the gay community. Because again, she is not known too much outside of that area. Because if you look at even the Wikipedia page that talks about Stonewall, it mentions there's that little bit, and that's yeah. it. You have to really look into more of her life. There, there's I, a movie. I'm just, I'm, I'm really surprised, greatly surprised that there was so little Because record. she's a woman. She's, she's a, a woman. butch lesbian. Right. Which is, you know, it on and, the level of and, being And a, biracial. A, biracial and... She was a woman. It gets down to that. That yeah. you know, and all, none of these people were. You know, we're talking really. Marsha P. Johnson is the one that got the best known, and that's only in the last ten years. Yeah, she was uh, Marsha P. Johnson, which I'll get into now. If you're okay, let's go. Yeah, straight let's roll right. Let's Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Yeah. let's do. Yeah, Marsha. Marsha herself has stated that she really did not get involved with the rights mm -hmm. until she was sort of forced to. And that's what happened at Stonewall for her. I love the fact 
I will say this one more about the the four of them and others. We're we're really limited to these four, but there were definitely this, other people involved. Others, yeah, who all this was the point where they finally go and fuck you. We're doing this. That's right. We're sick of this shit. And Marsha P. Johnson was one of those people. Marsha P. Johnson started off as Michael, um, as Malcolm Michaels, mm-hmm. became Marsha P. Johnson when she moved to New York. She got the Johnson from the Howard Johnson chain. And she just, she liked the name Marsha, the P, just because she liked, she liked how it all sounded together. Oh, and it was, and she told a, a, a <laughs> judge at one point when asked what does the P stand for, she said, pay it no, mind, no mind, judge. Pay it no mind, which I, I love. And so she- Which really she ultimately not... was, the charges were dropped and they were let go, just saying. Oh yeah, sorry, I should say, yeah, that's, you're right. That She charmed them. I always like to say that- There was this... a charisma about Marsha P. Johnson and I, and I would say a largely why we have more information about Marsha P. Johnson oh, is that there's this natural charisma and draw towards them. This is this is something that's often described about Marsha P. Johnson is that people were often drawn to them because they just had a very charismatic personality. They were advocates. They loved people. They would get money and immediately give it back to somebody in the community. They themselves, Marsha had nothing, was living off of the streets. But if they got money, they would give it to a youth of the community that was living on the street and been kicked out by family and like looking out for them. Sorry, I'm just. Well, no, no, I, no. We can all both. My th- I'm like Marsha. We can both talk about Marsha. We, we know a lot. We know a lot about her. My, one of my favorite stories when we were looking at all the stuff is talking about when <laughs> she and her her is, roommate. Is it the cookies? Yeah, when they got all the <laughs> when they got the cookies, they they scraped up their money and got a two dollar bag of cookies and they're. They wanted cookies and they wanted to go to the park and eat the cookies. And and so on the way, they would go by and and somebody would look hungry or just march aside they needed a cookie. Or, you know, so they were giving cookies, you know, down and they finally got to the park to sit down and eat and all the cookies were gone because Marcia <laughs> gave them all away. I love that about her. Because it really uh, speaks about who they were in their, yeah. during their life. It's like they had nothing but still managed to give something. Oh, and it's also the fact talking about that light. She people mm-hmm. talk about her light that she had this light there. A lot of that uh, because Greenwich Village was a place for a lot of immigrants to go, and a lot of them thought that she was a goddess. She she would sleep she would sleep under the t- tables of people selling flowers in the flower district of Manhattan, and she did this because it was a safe place to sleep, and those people would protect her. Right. But they honestly, a lot of them thought of her as a god. She was the goddess. She was closer to the god presence than they were because of their beliefs. She just seemed like such a special person. Right. Which, I again, mean, is another evident-based, yeah. you know, we go as people who are historians that go back and look at history and look at documents and conversations. This is a, a prevalent theme of Marsha P. Johnson's life. Yeah, there was this this charisma. I call it charisma. Maybe maybe there was something more to it. Uh, oh no, I think charisma is a, a perfect word. People to say were all. drawn to it, and I think yeah. that is largely why we see Marsha P. Johnson portrayed mostly 
as, as like the leader or the the most iconic person or personality or whatever you want to say of Stonewall. Even though there were Wait. numerous other people involved, that is the one name that you you see ubiquitously just pop up, Marshall P. Johnson. Well, you know, and the funny thing about it when we're ta about talking about this stuff, really the only person that is for sure was there from the beginning, who was truly there of these four that we're talking about, was Stormy. Well, the others not, came in later, or there's questions if they were even there or not. Not necessarily with uh, Zazu Nova and Jackie Hermona, which I'll get into in just a moment, uh, as to why that is the case. But definitely with Sylvia Rivera, yeah, which we'll get into that when you're done with Marsha, as to why yeah. that might be actually true. And so I, I love again saying this: they all were huge helping out in in gay rights. Absolutely. Uh, Marsha P. Johnson, I just like saying that. Marsha P. Johnson right? was <laughs> Marsha P. Johnson Marcia. was um she did sit-ins. She was she she with Sylvia got together and, and got places for homeless youth to stay in. Um and we've heard different very differing stories. I don't know, were you gonna talk about that in your part, Holly? Yeah. I don't wanna, okay. So Holly will talk about that in her part and I'll interrupt and tell you what's right and what's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right, well, fine. Yeah. We'll yeah. <laughs> so they, they did some amazing things to help these people. I love the fact that Marcia has said that um, she did not want to really become a she did not want to become an activist, but she was forced into that role. She had to become one or probably die. And she did end up dying. So yeah. under very mysterious circumstances. But she was, you know, I don't want to just go on the activist part. She was also, she was a singer. She performed throughout her career. She mm -hmm. was, from all accounts, she made a lot of money being a sex worker. Whether sad or not, she always at least said that she was really good at it and she enjoyed doing that. So mm -hmm. not knowing because counseling was involved truly where that was coming from, we have to sort of honor where she felt with it. Right. Um, and usually the money she made being a sex worker went to help homeless teens, homeless transvestites, homeless Anybody, and I say teens because it wasn't just the gay population of teens. That was the big one, but she but helped. She, teens in general that were on the street. Teens in general. She uh, was, I, I, and again, I know this is much more part of yours, but she was, uh, she and Sylvia were asked not to be involved in the in the first true gay pride parade. Oh, um, yes, the whole and gays push the transgender, yeah. And so my, and... Sylvia, Marsha P. Johnson is kind of, kind of her pay it, no mind kind of thing. You know, she's mm -hmm. pissed, but just sort of let it go. Your girl, not so much. I know you'll get into that part of it. Um, I, I actually, I probably won't jump into it too much. Um, oh, so really what it was, so, what, okay, no, so. Yeah, um, no, please. They, they were asked not to be part of it, or basically told they couldn't be a couldn't part be of part it. Couldn't be part of Pride. So basically, Pride happens because of Stonewall, Be oh, because, because of these of individuals, these because yeah. of these specific individuals, largely transgendered individuals, largely transgendered individuals of color, and they were asked not to participate for a variety of different reasons. They were asked not to participate be largely because 
these individuals represented the outliers of what what we would consider like the normal bell curve. Yeah, the quote unquote normal people. Normal LBGTQ people, people that were more, maybe got more pizzazz or flair or color or- That looked more cis. Attitude that looked more cis. And, I mean, that's what, you know, that's not and, the terminology they knew then, but yes. was, they, they looked more normal that, that, that. And that was a problem for a large portion of the community at the time because they were fighting for rights in a very homo, uh, and sorry, very heterosexual uh, in, environment that, whoa, we have to deal with these sensitive white people who are straight and can't handle anything besides that. We need to look look like them we need to act like them and you transgender individuals you transgender individuals of color are the problem and we can't have you being part of the pride because you might scare people bullshit i look forward to that in pride just saying well and part of that i'm not by no means defending what they're what they said part of it is kind of true it is true because what I, I, I mean, I what, when whenever we go to any pride that we've been to, you or I, Holly, or us separately, or any kind of of thing that talks about the queer community, if it's on the news, the only people you see are the flouncy twink or the really butch woman. Mm-hmm. You don't see the ninety five percent of people that look like everybody else. You don't because it gets that's what gets the coverage. Yeah. And, and and we've talked about this in previous shows. Yeah. You have to start somewhere to start moving in the direction to make change. So there's always got to be that first step. If it's if it's will and grace, oh we gotta you know will and grace was it stereotypic and it and it was bad for all these reasons. It's like yeah, it was also the first step in a direction that led us to Shit's Creek and numerous other videos and you know sorry movie productions and things like that that are more representative of our community you have to start somewhere and this particular situation although i do not agree with it no. i can understand potentially where they were coming from at the time they didn't want to scare away potential people that could be fighting for their rights and legislation for those rights and the, at the time, you're operating with a very limited understanding, largely influenced by huge discrimination and hate. People are regularly being abused, beaten, killed, raped, and jailed, and then within the jail system, abused, raped, and you know all these things were happening. And there's a large fear. AIDS was coming in. To, to no, not yet, not yet. But it, it, not at this point. But it was starting to kind no. of come into the picture in a few years. It's just. I get 15 it. 15 or so. 15 years, yeah. Is it 15? <laughs> I was thinking it was like 5 to 10, but maybe it was 15. No, no, no. Yeah, it was, this was in 69. You're right. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. I'm not the historian of this podcast. That would be Gary. The person anyway. who's lived longer. I get who's it. Lived I longer. understand I you're say saying it. that. Old, I was going to say whatever. it. Old parts. <laughs> anyway. We, I don't agree with it. I can understand it. Oh. I don't agree with it. And I, the last thing I'll say about this is that with the thing that's very sad, and just you see it happening even in today's world, is that you you see women marginalized, you see blacks, Hispanics, mm-hmm. you see yeah. yeah any people of color, you any, see marginalized. Yep. Exactly, and it's sad that in 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 amongst our community that that happens, and it still happens to this day. Yep. 
I know that personally in my line of work, I have a better shot at a, at a new managerial job than a woman of color. I know that. And that's, and I will say that in my company itself, they are amazing with it. So, but I know that at the place I work, even though I can hear when I'm in interviews, I'll hear hate in some people's voices that I'm interviewing. I still know I have a better shot at that job. Say you, you and I, Holly, let's even start there. You and I, if we had the exact same experience, mm -hmm. very likely I will have a better shot at that job than you would. Oh yeah. And I know, which is sad. I know from my experience and facts that I get paid less than someone who goes into like myself and someone who presents as a male going, going in for a job. The fact that I'm a female, I am lucky to even have my resume reviewed, but I am that, oh, diversity pick. We'll have them in the interview. So then we have the interview. And if I don't wow them enough to continue that conversation, it's done and over. And it's not because of anything else. I have the credentials. I have the experience. I have the leadership. I know what I'm doing. I can get it done. I learn quick and can make it happen. I get shit done. But someone who comes in who is a past who's like very quiet, timid male who has the same credentials, they're going to likely get that job and get paid more. Well, and also just and this goes, and then of course if there's if there is me there with a with a straight male, they're going to get the job if we have mm -hmm. the exact same qualification. Yeah, I do. I I don't know if you've ever heard the saying because you're maybe a little young for it, but I've always loved the saying. I, I heard. I, I'm hoping I'm saying that right. That Gloria Steinem was the one who originally said it. That uh, Ginger Rogers had the same job as Fred Astaire, but she had to do it backwards and in high heels. <laughs> yes. And that just <laughs> says it all to me. It yep. Always has, you know. So, I think the last thing I want to say about Marsha P. Johnson is that she was found floating in the river on July 6, 1992. Yeah. Um, under very suspicious circumstances. They said it was suicide, but later on was proven to be murder. But we're talking 15 years, 20 years and there later. Was a, there was a large group of people that were advocating yeah, for that investigation for it, yeah. to be reopened because it was not clearly a suicide. Uh, because this was a black transvestite. Yep, who, it just got written so, off. Yeah, just completely. They, it's a suicide, we don't care. Even though they, there was reports of, of a guy talking about yeah, after the fact. A, after the fact, killing a, a black transvestite. It was yeah. never looked into. No. So it just, again, says how marginalized this particular group of people was. And again, the bravery all these cold, women had. That cold case gets solved. Just yeah. saying. We sort of got way off sidetrack on my two, just and a, I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah, so let's, because we, I don't want to, our episode's going to go a little bit longer today because we're going to get into our core corner. But we also had Jackie, uh, and I forget, Forgive me if I mispronounced the name, but Jackie Hormona and Zazu Nova. Now, these two are individuals uh, that we know very little about. We've had, I, I've looked into this because I know there are historians that looked into this and you can learn more about them, not much more, but you can learn a little bit more about them in the book, Stonewall, The Riots That Sparked the Gay Revolution by David Carter. Now, these two individuals, again, very little known. Jackie was an individual who we believe their name was Jack Daniel Whitehall, uh, became involved in the Gay Liberation Front 
that was formed after the Stonewall riots was at the Stonewall riots. And we know that because in what, and some of the pictures that we see that are iconic pictures of the Stonewall, you do see this blonde dude who never claimed to be drag per se, uh, but would wear some makeup, uh, but primarily dressed male, uh, pr- traditionally presented male, but was a huge supporter of the community, was always involved in, in a- the activities are, that were there, was involved in the Gay Liberation Front. Sazu Nova, Nova gave themselves, she, I love the pizzazz of this one, queen of sex and was known to carry herself as actual royalty. Uh, this individual has got some, I would just say some dark skeletons from what I was able to glean about this individual, maybe committed murder. We don't really know, but uh, definitely had quite the reputation of don't fuck with this individual. Like she uh, was, was very much, I will, I will throw back. I will fight back. She's also believed to be the one to actually throw the first brick because one, they're photographed being there too. It really falls in line with the personality and their previous history with police. Also just at their just relationship with Stormy and kind of the shit that was going down at that time. It really falls in line. And the fact that Marsha themselves has said they were not there at that time when that event happened. So this was the other woman of color who's dressed as drag who fought back and was photographed actually being there. So we have physical evidence as well. They became involved in the Gay Liberation Front as well. She was also one of the founding members of the New York Gay Youth and was involved in the Street Action Transvestite Revolutionaries, which is an organization that was started by Johnson, uh, Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera. So that takes us into Sylvia here. Sylvia was someone who was known for out like just making these stories up and just be very creative and embellished on stories. They were not, I, I personally believe they were not actually at the Stonewall riots. And the reason for that is because they themselves give several different accounts as to where they are. Individuals that were there that day have no recollection of Sylvia being there, but the individuals who were at the bar having cocktails with them specifically remember that Sylvia was not there because they were at a different bar having drinks together. When Marsha called Sylvia out and said, you know, you weren't there. Sylvia did back off on that story and didn't, didn't play that up much anymore, but that didn't stop Sylvia from being a prolific individual for gay rights in general. They got heavily involved in the gay liberation front. They were obviously close friends with Marsha they co-founded together the Street Transvestite Action Revolutionary, which is abbreviated as STAR. Her activism began in 1970 after she joined the, which, so the Gay Liberation Front later becomes known as the Gay Active Activist Alliance, or GAA. And she, she fought for rights, not only just for like gay people, but also the inclusion of drag queens as well, which there's a delineation there and they fought for the individual rights. She was also involved in advocating for homeless queer youth and fought for 
Sexual Orientation Non-Discrimination Act in New York, so which is abbreviated as S-O-N-D-A. Uh, it prohibits the discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation in employment, housing, public accommodation, education, credit, and the exercise of civil rights. And if you are in the United States, familiarize yourself with the 14th Amendment. You're welcome. So... <laughs> It's, it's seriously important. You're going to talk about civil rights. You need to know the 14th Amendment because that is largely where we hang our hat on because it talks about human beings. And there's a whole, well, like, just just check it out. It's worth it. It's a short well, read. Just check it out. If you're in the United States, it's good to know. If you're when, in reading your own constitution, there's a rough template. It's not perfect, but there's a template out there you can use and improve on. Anyway. Well, and the good, and... Again, it's pretty. We're pretty sure that the only person who was there at the very beginning was Stormy. Yes. But, oh, uh, but, yes. And that we, it's pretty much been proven now that Sylvia Rivera wasn't there wasn't. at the time, but she also became the most outspoken person. Absolutely. Gay, and was she also regularly the gay speeches, regularly attended events, regularly was bringing people together. Was a a re, like a regular active activist making changes for us all and plus she was also for we i want to make sure we're talking about women of color that she was from the latinx group so she was yes uh really, Puerto Rican, venezuelan descent yes and so she was big with that and it's it's good that because looking through looking through the stuff i think it's how i both realized looking through these things mm-hmm. there really isn't a huge latin which I'm going to get I, I into in here just a second. You make you're kind of going into my next point here. Perfect. Why I think we don't hear a lot about. Obviously, we've covered like why we don't hear a lot about the women as Stonewall. Yeah. I will just give you one word: women. Uh, is as the why. The second, and and equally important, and I I firmly believe this to be even more, maybe potentially even more important than the fact that women. Um, is the is the discrimination within our own community, the LBTQ community, as well as those outside of that community, discriminating based off of the color of skin, and that was a huge part that Sylvia dealt with a lot in in their activism is facing discrimination within our community, but also outside of the community. On top of that still fighting for equal rights for transgender or sorry at the time transvestite gay lesbian and drag rights so you kind of touched up on it a little bit but that was a bit like on top of that there was there was poverty um there's a lot of friction between the individuals within that within those communities within the lbgt community who gets to who gets to go to pride and represent the community and who doesn't get to go and really whitewashing things. We saw that when we, we see Stonewall, the movie being whitewashed. We see that in a lot of historical documentations early on being whitewashed, but really. I think the, all, the other thing, especially with the Latin community, even to a degree with the African-American, well, with the African-American community too, is the other part we're forgetting about is that, and boy, if I'm wrong, some listener, please let me know this one, but from everything I've read there, Holly, you and I think our cultures are bad about accepting us. The African-American community and the Latinx community are a lot worse about so about accepting people who are different, who are queer. 
So I think that makes that's part of it also. Oh yeah, you, you the community themselves based off of the yeah, community themselves. It's not, yeah, just uh, yeah, eth it's ethnic. Just the uh, ethnic. Ethnic. There we that go. That's it, the word. It seems to be. Um, if you look, that's you, yeah. You'll look there's, at reports. there's some history you know. there that we would have to go into in terms of a whole nother show, but there is. I mean, you have Spanish, for example. There are male and female words. There's a whole language system that's made off of masculine and feminine terminology. And we have numerous other cultures that have that similar root cr created into their culture. And we even have it here in the United States. We have a very male, sexist, driven community. We have laws that were based on primarily white males saying what all men are all men are created equal. all men are created equal but it's not it's not all men yeah. and there's women are less than and they're less than dogs and you know there's there's so much that happens around the gender identity that ends up influencing culture that ends up yeah. bleeding into these sub communities these subcultures ours being the lbgtq and or the queer dundrum community um you're welcome we get a little little goofball here but it, it just it happens and i one of the things i hope we can achieve here with this podcast is that we can start breaking down those barriers within our own community we already face discrimination because of our identity and our relationships we don't need to add on that by being discriminatory towards someone else because of their religion, the color of their skin, whatever, pick pick it. Oh yeah, go on to any website, go any place to look at platforms where talking about queer anything, and you're gonna find within our own community people saying, "Well, why is the plus involved in in it, or why is why do why do we have the trans as part of the queer community?" I mean. Right. That's a huge conundrum that I don't think we'll be able to answer anytime in the no, future. No, and, and I, I don't intend to answer it. I no. intend to address that specific, those specific issues by utilizing this podcast to educate people on the terminology, educate people on the, on the community, and to create an environment where people can share their stories anonymously or otherwise, but bring people together to break down those barriers because when you start breaking that down a lot of this is just big bigotry that's been ingrained in someone else that was taught to them by their parents or their community or their peers and it just needs to be as i call sandpaper people need to come in there and kind of rough out those edges and and bring to light the truth that is we are all deserving of love we're all deserving of dignity and respect and we can achieve that once we start to understand what that relationship is and what that looks like adding to that just a little bit I just want to make sure that everybody understands we all have that there's not a single one mm -hmm. who doesn't have those kind of prejudices prejudices they're part of us it's how we've survived as humans throughout yeah. the centuries it's, there is an evolutionary reason yeah. why we have that ingrained in us as a species that doesn't say we have to default to that and that's the excuse we have to live with by no we don't have to it's just it's a good learning tool one of the goals that i intend with our podcast is to address the language the culture the community and that includes addressing these biases that we have we all have biases they are evolutionarily designed into us for a very specific reason defense 
but we live in a new type of society. We have, we have to look at those bias and say, is this a true thing? Do we need to be afraid? No. Okay. And that is okay. We have those, but we do not need to discriminate against someone, especially when you are already in part of a community that's discriminated against. Like, hello, people just need to treat one another with dignity and respect and we need to judge people on their actions, right? There's, there are things that we can say, yep, that was a bad choice. I don't approve of that. I'm still going to treat you with dignity and respect, but I'm going to tell you that that was stupid. Not because their color, their skin, their religion, their, their gender identity, who they love. Those are not things that we need to be judging on. We need to be calling people out on their behaviors. So However that looks like for you, that is our intention here on this podcast is to educate. Like we're not going to be able to address- And educate us. Educate us. Oh yeah, for sure. But we're not going to be able to address that larger issue with that that huge conundrum of LGBTQ community, (laughs) excluding the T and asking these questions like, why do we have the T? Why do we have the Q? Why is this? What? We're not going to be able to address that. All we can do is just have these conversations and grow together as a community and give you a voice, whether it's anonymously or otherwise, but give you a voice and a platform to share that so we can continue to grow as human beings. Very good. Very well put. Okay. So I say, hey, if you're good, I'm good. We should roll into our conundrum where we talk about some of the questions that we got in our social media. I'm amazing, but whatever. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Yes, uh, you're amazing. Go on, go on. I'm amazing. (laughs) That's all he says. I think we all know that already. I'm just saying, I thought it needed to be, I'm amazing. So not just good. I am practicing love and dignity and respect when I say, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. No, I'm just just messing with you. Welcome to our Queer Corner. That was cool, man. (laughs) Nice. So we're taking some questions that we got from our social media. And one of the questions from Tawny is, what makes a gay icon an icon? And I have been put with the task of answering that question. So for you, Tawny, and for me, actually, because this is a question we've been sort of asked, so I thought I should look into it. So there's really no, there's really no definitive answer. I was looking, oh my gosh, (laughs) literally three days of just looking at different things on it. But the biggest consensus is that gay icons, the the main reason that, oh, I'm answering, I'm sorry, I'm answering why gay men mainly go towards female icons. So is that correct? I'm doing that part and you're doing, and you're doing the other part, correct? Yes. Okay. So sorry. So yeah, so I'm doing the part about the the female, why the gay males tend to gravitate towards female icons. The biggest reason, and really I think we can say this overall, is that women are more accepting of gay men to begin with. That's just usually, it's a given. Women do not find gay men as a sexual being you know there's not something they don't have to worry about there's no threat there's no awkwardness yeah. of oh this is not oh, you guys about, are in a relationship together there's something that's inappropriate well, or and you're not you're not the a woman is not worried about say me looking at her boobs as i'm talking to her it just you know i'm just not i'm just not gonna do it because i just don't care <laughs> i'm just saying you know their boobs great you know so that's the first part of it is that 
but, and also it's through the stuff that I learned about, it's showing that gays tend to go towards women more as icons because throughout history, again, going kind of back to what we're talking about with the Stonewall riots, women have been marginalized just like gay men have been marginalized. Mm -hmm. So they tend to go towards, you know, it's easier for a gay man to identify with a woman who has already been marginalized mm -hmm. instead of trying to identify with a straight man. And even then, when you get, for the longest time, all actors, and we're talking mainly about, because a lot of the icons are from, from the entertainment field. Mm -hmm. They were, if they were, if a male was gay or a, a female was gay, they were closeted. So there wasn't really, there was nobody they could look up to. So you look up to the strong women, the Joan Crawfords, the Elizabeth Taylor, Judy Garland, who was like, that, especially for my age group, was the one that was the the big gay icon who right. from the 60s on through today was from my age group. That was the one that everybody gravitated towards because, first of all, she was one of the first entertainers to recognize her, at least her male gay fan base. Mm -hmm. She recognized them. Madonna, Janet Jackson, Judy Garland. Yes, all of them. But, and so remember, Judy Garland was way before. Oh, I know. Yeah. So way she before. Really, like, yes. Yeah. I, uh, so she was at least strong in that way where she was. Friends um, of Dorothy was a common phrase for. Exactly. For that Garland. was a way to like, call. That was a name that used to be associated with gay men. Mm -hmm. When you said, when you said so-and-so is, is friends of Dorothy, you knew that meant that they were gay. So much like um, the phrase, are you of the family? Yeah. That we hear now within our within our communities, like, oh, are you of the family? Are you of the LBGTQ community? And exactly. So Friends and of so, Dorothy was a common one for for some of you folks. And that actually even before my time, quite honestly, that was something that was not even part of my oh, yeah, the first time I 50s. Yeah. So this is like 40, way, 50s, be, way yeah. before me, but that's how that was a, a way to know that somebody was gay. And the other part of it was is that she was damaged. We know this about her. She was she. We knew we we would you could see her in performances that she would be drunk or stoned and or that she was just frail and needed help. And so this it made us want. It, they're saying this made the the gay men want to go towards her. And if you look at a lot of the women that the gay icons are either fragile, popular women, or very strong, popular okay. women. And so this is where the, you know, people are saying that, and I can believe that. And again, there was never, for the a gay man, there was never, until really recently, a gay out actor to look towards as a role model. So you took what you could get, like um, we could get more into talking about um, Bewitched, which is a, ma a major, gay icon because it showed that witches were they were trying to live in normal human society and not let people know they were witches and so the gays could the gay people could look at that and identify with the series bewitched for that reason that we say saw something from it then you get the people as of today where you've got a beyonce who is just out there and proud and she's mm -hmm. a strong magnificent woman beautiful woman who could give a flying fuck what other people think about her <laughs> she's said this right and you see that now with the 
with the gay kids, the gay males who are growing up now, who are much stronger in who their personality is, they love her for that. She's like, fuck you all. I'm doing this. You know, I got this. I'm beautiful. I, I got it. And she'll do whatever she wants to along with like put Jennifer Lopez in that category. So this is a lot of where this comes from, Tani, is looking for the the strong, accepting woman who doesn't give a fuck what other people think. So, Tani, really, you are probably somebody's Pullman gay icon because you're a strong woman who does not give a fuck what they think. And you get shit done. And you get shit done. And honestly, I I know how accepting you are of the queer community. And I'm sure there's a lot of, of the younger gay college students who probably really look up to you and And feel safe in their establishment yeah i I personally feel safe when i'm in your establishment like i know that like we don't have like a gay scene like a a gay lesbian scene there's more of a gay scene there there's more there than there is (laughs) even though that's not like a brand that's not a brand (laughs) thing that that uh tawny goes for but it is it is a clear she's very supportive I am very supportive of this community and I, and including in this community that I'm saying I'm supportive of is also the LBGTQ community and yeah. not just saying, Hey, I'm supportive of the community and washing your hands of it is actually making a statement and saying, no, here's my flag. And here's me saying it. And here's me supporting she walks the it. Walk and talks and, and talk. Exactly what I was getting to. Yeah, so, sorry. sorry. No, you're you're exactly right. The other question is: is why is Gloria Gaynor's song "I Will Survive" popular in the in the queer community? And it really plays on what you just said, Gary. Is that Gloria had their album was turned down? They were dropped by different different uh, music labels, and was just having a terrible time. Both just confronting her ex, dealing with their music career, being a woman, being a woman of color, dealing with all this shit and just trying to literally survive as an artist comes yep. out with this song, I Will Survive. And this song identifies so much with our community in that we are dealing with being outsided and being having to rely on someone else to bring us to our own success. But really it's like, no, I, I will create my own success. I will make this happen. And we, I feel like for me, I didn't really identify with this song necessarily as the lesbian of who I am, but as a woman, like I will survive. I will find a way. I will get this done. I specifically just, I I just, I love that it gives, I don't know. It gives, it's like an amp, like an anthem. Like I might not. Oh, it is. It's a gay anthem. I mean, I know you're talking more. Yeah. I can't say that word anthem. So I, I, really that is i mean that's a really high level reason why that is the anthem is that there's a strong powerful woman behind it again we're seeing that thing that has played out throughout history there's a strong woman behind it and typically a strong woman of color behind it change is going to happen i also want to say that it also gained special significance with the gay community during the huge when aids was really prevalent they, they took that anthem because they were going to survive no matter what. Mm-hmm. And so there is, it's a song that whether she meant it that way or not, it's just completely embraced it got, it got by, by so many, like you said, so many marginalized communities because it says it's a fun song 
but at its root, it says, I'm going to survive no matter what you fucking throw it. Right. And, and my so success it's, it's, is my success. Yeah. And yeah. fuck you if you don't believe it. <laughs> and if you guys have questions, please connect with us on our, on our Facebook, on our Instagram, on our Twitter. And it, we throw out questions. We do polls. We, and if we don't message us, just send us a direct message or email us. And let us know, hey, I have a weird question. What about this? And we will do our best to answer it in our queer corners. And if it's enough of an interest has been generated on a particular topic, we'll make it the main topic of our show. That's how this works, baby. We're here for you. As much as we love to hear ourselves talk, and we do, it doesn't do much good if nobody's listening to us. That is we'll true. still talk. We'll still talk. It's just more entertaining to do it with you guys so because we have egos we like to know that somebody's listening to how amazing we are <laughs> well who doesn't have egos anyway that is our show thank you so much truly thank you so much for being here for listening to us engaging with us we really appreciate each and every one of you until then peace and be well and be queer thank you for connecting with us on this week's conundrum Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Queernundrum Podcast. And email us at Queernundrum at Queernundrum.com. And please rate and review us on iTunes. Until then, peace and be well. And be queer. <laughs>